Good morning. You know, listening to this book that I'm listening to now called The Emperor of All Maladies. 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 Uh, I'm going to trip on that word. The Emperor of All Maladies. Uh, it's a, a history of cancer. I, I think he, yeah, I had to look it up. He, a biography of cancer by Siddhartha. Mukherjee, Mukherjee, Mukherjee. I think I hope, hope I pronounced that correctly. The emperor of all maladies. All right, sometimes you got to see the word to pronounce it. Anyway, so the reason I bring it up today is it's really re-sparked a desire to do a deep dive on the history of science. In addition to uh, the economic histories that I already do and the political histories that I already do, and kind of the more broadly narrow, uh, you know, timeline event type histories that you know, are kind of more generalized. History of science is really, really important because you know, science is so cumulative. And we, we didn't know shit just yesterday. I mean, I, I can't stress that enough. I mean, I guess that's always the case to a degree, but when you take the last 500 years of economic history, you know, since the Industrial Revolution and, and just before, and you, then you add the lens or add the prism of the history of science in the mix, it's quite remarkable. Because it's one thing to like learn how to grow food better or have a better understanding of the universe or, um, you know, in terms of like uh, the earth not being the center, like the, you know, the Nicholas Copernic Copernicus view versus like a, a more uh, religious based doctrine that was you know maybe more prevalent before where earth was more centric or the sun was more centric and then we move in like 500 years ago where we realized we, we may be just part of a much larger picture uh, in our solar system and in the universe and then we progress you know like you, you look at you know food and cotton and different types of things that were going on uh, rare metals, what they were used for, spices, you know, kind of the economy of the old world. And then as you get into like the late 1700s and 1800s, you start having the scientific overlay, which was really like people, once they figured out kind of the methods to go find stuff in science and biology and chemistry, I think I said chemistry, physics, then it fed upon itself. And it's just an endlessly fascinating story, I guess. It's, it, you know, this particular one tells the story of uh, Faber and how he was not allowed to be a doctor. He was kind of a researcher and studied cells for years and years and years. And because of some anti-Semitism in the medical field at, at the time, you know, this is, you know, early 1900s, <laughs> so not very long ago, uh, he had like a one-room in the basement more or less, or maybe he was in the stair stairwell, I can't remember the details, of where he started to put together uh, novel ways of looking at combating cancer. And he started with leukemia, which was a child, you know, cancer that afflicted mostly children. And he noticed, like, I believe he called it antifolic acid had properties that could stave off and give life, a little bit of extra life, you know, make the life longer of a, of a leukemia uh, patient. So 
you know, it, it embarked him on this journey, which resulted in him building a Faber clinic near the uh, Boston's Children's Hospital. And, you know, when, it, when they're telling the story of his breakthrough and then all the chemistry being done in, in Europe, going back to when they were trying to create artificial dyes for the textile industry, and then all the, all the uh, you know, German companies that came in and started doing uh, uh, different, it started with dyes and urea and other things that they that later became this huge chemical complex there as well. You know, later, you know, Hopper Bosch to uh, make ammonia out of air. The Alchemy of Air was that book that's focused on that. Really, really good one too. Um, so long story short, you end up with this, the details, I, I got to clean the details up clearly. I'm just talking, I, I, I do the podcast when I drive sometimes and I'm a little groggy. I guess the details get a little fuzzy. I start sounding, tripping over myself, start sounding a little ridiculous. But the thing to focus on is that humans did not know. They just didn't know. And it was not very long ago. They didn't know how to make dye 200 years ago for all the, for all the colored clothing you wear. They had to use vegetables and stuff like that. And some of them were really, really rare and hard to do. You know, they didn't know how to make medicines. They didn't have any kind of antibiotics. And some of you were going, of course not, of course not. But if you really listen and learn the story and, and understand just how recent all this stuff was, it's, it's remarkable. And it, and it sparks for me uh, two things. Number one, I'm committed to having a more clear vision of the history of science to articulate it to you and share it to you. And, and just it's fun to learn. It's just a great endlessly interesting story to me of like what were people looking for what were they doing what how did they stumble into that or what were they focusing on to get that you know it doesn't have to always be just the Manhattan Project type stuff with huge budgets sometimes it's guys working in basements or un you know like the story of Marie Curie and when they had uh, some of the early findings of radiation was fascinating and they didn't know what it was doing so people were like there was there was a company American Thorium I think it was called that added thorium to paint to make the walls kind of glow and and they also encourage people to paint watch hands with it to make them glow and the, you know the, the stories of how they slowly realized thorium was causing all kinds of horrible cancer due to radiation and all this stuff was just yesterday and a lot of this stuff was done on very small budgets it wasn't Manhattan project hundred million dollars a month or whatever the budget was for that it was like literally nothing sometimes hundreds thousands sometimes nothing so that is lost today. It's like science has become owned and patents have become uh, aggregated and science has become this thing where you're supposed to have all these credentials to engage in science, you know, PhDs and oh you can't do you can't do physics, you can't do chemistry, you can't do biology. And I think we should reject that. I think we should be um, much more appreciative and aware of where our science and technologies come from the, the, and, and know the especially the last 500 year story because it empowers you to be like you know what I don't have to just accept the status quo I can immerse myself in the reality that all of this was just learned so if it's all just learned I can rapidly speed up to the event horizon meaning where everything is now and where it came from now and contribute to scientific efforts moving forward or technology efforts moving forward 
are making humanity and making life on earth better for everybody moving forward. You don't have to go get a PhD in chemistry from, you know, pick your tech, technology institute or university of choice. No, I can be aware of all of these fields and, in, 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 and seek nourishment in all of these fields and the perspectives offered from all of these fields and then frame new questions. And maybe, maybe you're never the guy toiling or the gal, girl toiling in a laboratory or with a piece of machinery. Maybe you're someone who just conceives of a, a better way theoretically. Maybe you're like, well, why don't, what if we do this? And it can hatch things in a new direction. Now, some of the more cynically minded, myself included, might be like, well, why bother? There's high-speed algorithms that are cranking through all these possibilities for everybody all the time, and you're just not going to ever... Uh, you know, you're, you're never going to make a contribution. You're never going to matter because the machine can do it better, faster, cheaper. Well, and maybe you can make an argument that that's partially true. Make an argument that that's partially true. But you can also make an argument that we have delegated our science, our scientific insights and our understandings and our knowledge, we've delegated to a very, very small group of people. And we, we've accepted the notion that it's inaccessible and that it can't, it's too hard. Bullshit. It's just not taught effectively. And, and, and you could almost argue that it's done like that on purpose to keep you away from the power, to keep you away from where the action is. Or maybe another way less conspiratorially uh, stated would be you're not needed. We, we can do this on our own. We can run on these paths on our own. You're not really needed, and, and, and we're not going to uh, arouse the masses. We're just going to truck along at 900 miles an hour over here in this lane and if you get in the way, we'll just mow you over. And meanwhile, we want you to just stay over in that lane. Just do whatever you do over in that lane. It's kind of more of that, more of a neglect or um, even, even, even less inflammatory. Uh, there's a pragmatism to it. Like those who are studying science and the way things work and trying to really understand and make things and build and create. That's all they've got time for. There is no other time bandwidth or patience to do all the other uh, patty cake, if you will. The hand-holding, the mentoring. So if we want these things to exist in our society, especially for those of us who feel like, for whatever reason, we missed the boat, myself included, just, just didn't, whatever, weren't awake enough to pursue science, technology, and its possibilities and its opportunities and creative outlets early enough or we just didn't do it or just haven't done it yet. So you create this thing where at the minimum you can, you can appreciate it and see the world in a deeper way, in a more nuanced way. And, and I feel like that's a good thing. Less ignorance seems better. 
less ignorance seems like it could enable mankind to not be so easily manipulated and, and, and polarized and shaped into tools that can be used for violence and, and oppression. It's like if people know and they feel like they're part of the action and they feel empowered through opportunities to uh, provide for themselves and then continue other endeavors on the side or some may be able to continue, continue endeavors and make a living. But it just kind of keeps a general hopeful outlook, hopeful outlook on the species and on the planet, like a can-do spirit or full of possibilities. <clears throat> and everything's fun. Every day's a fun adventure day. So, no, I stumbled over some of the details. I do want to do full book reviews of all my Audible titles and all my Masterclass titles that I've gone through for you all soon. It, it kind of serves as a recap and it um, fortifies what I've listened to or what I think I heard. Um, it creates something that can be debated and so people can correct uh, for me and have a feedback loop in our, in our, you know, in our community, in our realm, this group. Um, so, audible book titles, look for book reviews coming, uh, master class uh, reviews, like I just finished Tom Morello's guitar one, it was awesome, it's not just about playing guitar, it's about so much more, it's about being an artist really, it's about being an artist and finding your voice, and being true to your voice, it's so good, it's really, really good, and people have flamed me for listening to Tom Morello saying he's a communist he's a fucking communist they say or fuck that communist fuck that bastard you know shit like that I've had people give me that feedback people that I hang out with but no 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 it's much more than that you know, Tom's, a, Tom's, a, Tom's a good fucking dude you should, you should get to know who that is and, and you know for 80 bucks for the year for masterclass I, I you know I've, I've already gotten way more value than $80 out of it and trust me I don't have it to spend right now I've just now put together jobs to start bringing income back in to get in our house because uh, trying to be a podcaster full-time as uh, turns out doesn't doesn't bring in enough money to pay the bills oh well fail hard pivot quick fail quickly so please do support the podcast if you can though uh, you know I need the support and I want the buy-in so please do support it if you can Look for corresponding videos that are coming soon. And uh, have a great day. Be good out there. All right, thanks.